Hello, and welcome to the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast. If this is your first time listening to the show, thank you so much for joining in. My name is Mallory Page, and I am a registered dietitian and also the host of this podcast, which I created because there is just way too much diet culture noise nowadays, and there are very little non-diet perspectives, especially in the areas of wellness, nutrition, ED recovery, health, and even current events. So each week I bring you a new topic where we discuss the diet culture perspective, the non-diet perspective, and hopefully each time you'll leave with actionable takeaways and feeling like you have a different viewpoint that you can add into your life in whatever way you see fit. In today's podcast episode, we're discussing a really interesting topic. What particularly intrigues me about this is the way that it interacts with different areas such as diet culture, non-diet, and ED recovery spaces. And I always feel like I do this lead-in to a topic reveal and forget that obviously you guys know the topic because you clicked on this episode, which explains what we're talking about. So as you know, this topic is before and after photos. I'm going to be talking about a lot of different areas with this. We'll discuss what these are, where they show up in the different spaces that I mentioned, how they show up in those spaces. We'll discuss the research, talk about my perspective and also my personal story with this, and also the stories of other people, such as family members and how they view before and after photos. And finally, we'll do some takeaways to help you to decide how you want to interact with content like this. Of course, to start off, though, we have to discuss what is a before and after photo. I do think in some ways this is self-explanatory, but just to make sure we're on the same page, before and after photo can be done in any space and for any reason, and it is just a comparison between a before photo and an after photo in which something between those two photos has supposedly changed. It could be that time has changed, which is most likely what has happened. It could be that this person has gone on a diet. I mean, it could be anything, right? You could do a before and after photo with someone putting on makeup. So this can be in any area, but of course the one that we're talking about today or the types that we're talking about today are most typically centered around someone's body and there is typically a lapse of time and a change in habits. So for example, they're showing their body in a certain space and they're describing or alluding to certain habits that they were engaged with, whether that was disordered habits and they had an eating disorder or whether it was supposedly quote-unquote unhealthy habits and now they've gone on a diet and they've had this body change. And I will say initially these photos were definitely more oriented with drastic weight loss stories. People, but most commonly women, would post photos of themselves in bodies before going on a weight loss journey and then again after going on a weight loss journey. And most often this would be a positive type of posts dictating these changes. But as I mentioned, this looks a lot of different ways now. So the eating disorder recovery community has definitely re-envisioned this well-known trend. 
by posting their recovered or weight restored before and after photos. And you can find ED accounts full of these type of posts showing people the changes in their physique, the weight they gained, and sometimes even the calories or specific things that they did to get from point A to point B. The reasons for people posting these really vary. When it comes to the weight loss journey, it's pretty obvious that most people are praised for weight loss, so posting something like that can feel celebratory, can feel like a big accomplishment for a lot of people as well. In the ED recovery space, people could be posting this because they're celebrating their own healing journey and they want to give others hope that recovery is possible, but it could also be because they are showing their journey to hopefully sell people on a program that they are doing and really trying to push them to work with them. I mean, there's so many different motivations that underlie these posts. As I was just thinking about before and after photos, I personally feel like the first that I saw were actually in magazines growing up because in my age range growing up, we didn't have social media. I mean, I had it once I got older, but not when I was younger in middle school or even early high school. Or wait, I'm trying to think. Actually, no, I did have it in middle school. I think, anyways, I I don't even know when social media originated now because it feels like it's been forever that we've just had it, doesn't it? But I remember picking up those versions of Us Weekly or People or The Inquirer and it would have a celebrity on the front cover and it would be this comparison of their body either saying they went from looking good to looking too skinny or went from looking x way to looking any type of rude word about how their body looks different than it did before i mean you name it i'm sure i don't have to explain to you that it's been said about these celebrities and these before and after photos, I just feel like are are ruthless, especially in those spaces. But even if they're not necessarily that same way on social media, there are still definitely cons that we need to discuss. And then also we can talk about some of the pros that can come up as well from before and after photos. So that's what I want to go into in the next section. And I would be curious, before we get into this, if you thought to yourself, what are the supposed pros and cons of before and after photos in your experience? As you've interacted with these things, how have you felt? Has it been positive? Positive? Has it been negative? Has it been a mix? So maybe just keep that in mind even as I go through these. The first thing that I would bring up as a pro is that for some people, the change that has been made between these two photos is a huge accomplishment for them. And I understand how if someone has tried so hard to achieve something and put a lot of energy and effort into that, it would feel really good to be able to have that celebrated by other people. And the power of social media is that 
you can put something out there and not only receive that praise, but also have other people that share a similar story or similar sentiment to you. And I do feel that one of the most special parts of social media is that for people that may not have a community in their life, may not have super close friends or family that they feel like they can share with, that get what they're going through, this can really provide a sense of comfort and justification, reassurance. So that's one pro that can come about in any one of the spaces that we've mentioned. Now, the second one that I want to share is more specific to the ED recovery space. So these type of images were pretty groundbreaking when they first started to come out because of the fact that most of the time before and after photos were of drastic weight loss or at least always of someone having a smaller or more toned body. And so these ED recovery or disordered eating recovering photos really pushed against this notion that a before and after had to be about that. And it also pushed against the idea that weight loss is always best and reassured the idea or reinforced, I should say, the idea that weight gain can actually be extremely healthy and supportive for someone. I mean, it even helps to share that weight gain is not negatively correlated to health and also that it can save lives for many individuals and be a critical piece of survival. And that is a really cool thing to be able to celebrate because when we came from the past Weight Watchers and Biggest Loser and magazine covers, like I mentioned, culture, seeing these type of photos, I think for many people felt revolutionary. I mean, when I first started seeing these on social media, I remember it felt revolutionary to me. I felt like it was a huge deal to see people openly sharing that their body changing was healthy and help them be their best self. Furthermore, in the recovery space, this can be not only a huge source of pride for people and a way to really celebrate their accomplishments, but also a motivator for others to actually believe they can recover and to have the desire to recover and to see that someone else did it and Not only did they end up fine, but they ended up amazing and that this change is possible and that would not have been something we would have seen in the media really before these type of posts came about on social media because unlike the before and after photos that were all over the place in magazines and on TV ads, there were no ED recovery photos on these type of things, right? And it's not as if inpatient facilities could share these type of things. And so that also is something that could be really helpful for 
some people. The trans-theoretical model of change, also known as the TTM, is another theoretical framework which relates to motivations and treatment, and the TTM is a stage theory proposing that individuals progress through the six six stages of readiness to change, which are pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. And for those in the contemplation or preparation phases, these before and after photos could act as that motivation that pushes them to take that action or pushes them into the preparation stage. Now, this is not always the case, so I think it's really important for me to just emphasize that even right here, but it is something I'm going to mention because it is an experience that I've heard of. The last thing I want to mention in relation to the ED recovery space and before and after photos is that They can be a huge source of hope for loved ones of people struggling with EDs. Now, this doesn't always have to be the case, but while I was planning for this episode, someone on my team actually brought this up, and they discussed the fact that before and after photos can be really helpful and positive for parents when their kids are at their sickest or when they're struggling. Because as hard as having an eating disorder is, it's also really scary for someone that you love to go through it. And when parents saw these before and after photos, they didn't feel triggered by them. They actually felt inspired by them because of the fact that they were able to witness someone that looked similar to their child or their loved one, both in that sick state that they were currently seeing them in and then a healthy state and a happy state. And When you're struggling that much and trying to figure out how to support emotionally, having any of these type of supportive reinforcements can be great for some loved ones. The last pro that I want to mention is just the fact that in and of themselves, before and after photos can really show anything. I mentioned earlier what we typically associate as a before and after photo and the areas of which we usually see them. But a before and after photo could be just a before of you struggling with your mental health and after of you feeling like you're not struggling with your mental health. It could be you with the haircut you hate and you with the haircut you love. I know that's a silly example, but I do think it's just important to mention the fact that although we can get really deep into discussing a topic like before and after photos, we also should at least note the nuance that can happen here. And I don't want it to seem as if I'm acting like every single before and after photo to exist is a con or is a pro when I discuss these things. So now that we've gone through the pros, I want to go into the cons. Before I go into this section, I do want to mention that I think that many people posting before and after photos do so with good intention, and they do not have the desire to affect other people in a negative way. That being said, we are going to discuss some areas of which we have seen that these type of things can affect people negatively. So even if that is something that we have seen, it does not mean that the person doing it always has that intention. 
So first thing I want to do is circle back to the original point that I put under the pros. So despite everything that I said, one of the challenges of the reassurance and praise model of posting a before and after on social media is that there are times where we're praising something that actually isn't great for that person. So if we were to talk about this within the realm of weight loss, there are tons of times where people achieve weight loss that is not actually mentally, physically, or emotionally best for them. But because our society is obsessed with weight loss, it is still praised. And so that reinforcement, although it can feel good, it could actually be very counterproductive to what's going to make us feel best overall. The same thing is true for ED recovery before and afters. There are certain times where this before and after is actually showing a change that may not be best for this person. And again, by us commending them or reinforcing them, not only can it support behaviors that are not great, but it can also make that person feel afraid to have a change again. You know, if they need to gain more weight or if they need to step away from the gym more or on the weight loss side, if they actually need to gain weight back or stop doing the diet they were on or whatever it is, it's really hard because a photo is just so not indicative of what truly is supportive for someone. To go along with that in terms of eating disorders, eating disorders are a mental illness, not a physical one. There are a ton of ways that eating disorders physically present for certain people, but weight gain doesn't equal recovery. Weight gain can be a part of certain people's recovery, and that's amazing, but it's also possible that it won't be for someone else. And when we see someone share their recovery and they may be talking about how they're at a healthy weight or their weight has changed so much, it can actually end up kind of turning on them in a negative way because that healthy weight may not be their set point weight or the weight that they're supposed to be at to feel their best. And they may need to gain more weight in this process. So these photos can make people feel stuck where they're at. And it can also give quite a narrow view of what recovery is really like because it focuses on that physical weight rather than this person's mental health, emotional health, life, etc. For those of you that may not know much about eating disorders, this also perpetuates the misconception that eating disorders are about vanity or born of a desire to appeal to the main gaze because after all, it is still showing that someone's body is changing. And so I'm not saying those two things have to correlate but it is a stereotype that people with eating disorders constantly have to fight against, and it can be very exhausting for those people. So even having this be something that could partially come up is a little bit nerve-wracking. Now, the second thing about before and after photos is 
people fail to recognize the process of whatever is being shown. So this again kind of goes back to the first point, but there is no such thing as a final destination when it comes to any before and after. I mean, unless a person were to pass away, I suppose, after their after, which obviously we do not want, their body could continue to change all throughout their life. And it will. With age, we go through different changes. And so not only does this before and after not really showcase to us illicitly what the process was, and as shared in the first point, if this was really supportive, it also almost sends this idea that really you should just be in this after. Whether it be this after in relation to ED recovery or this after in regards to weight loss, and that can be a ton of pressure, and that pressure can negatively affect people in many different ways. Speaking of pressure, the third point that I want to bring up is how this can make other people feel pressure and comparison. It's hard enough being a human just going through the world and seeing different people and different types of bodies with different lifestyles and trying not to compare yourself to them, but it's even harder when you see this type of stuff online without knowing the person or without much context and trying to and try to convince yourself that you don't need to compare to their journey. In the realm of these weight loss changes, it can be so toxic for someone to see another person share this stuff because it can make them feel inadequate. It can make them feel as if they're not doing enough. This person could be trying to embark upon a life that helps them to feel their best and yet feel inhibited because they see other people having these physical changes and it can reinforce the idea that weight loss is a good thing inherently, which is just simply not the case. Weight loss is ultimately neutral and the intention and also the impact of it is what we have to observe. Our society doesn't see things that way though and so it's really hard for people not to compare when they see someone sharing something along those lines and getting all of this praise and attention and that in and of itself can affect how other people act. Now, on the other side, it can also be really challenging for people with eating disorders. And I know that may seem counterintuitive based off what I was describing in the pros section, but we have to remember that eating disorders are highly competitive mental illnesses. And There can be a huge driver to be the sickest person in the room, the healthiest person in the room, the fittest person in the room, whatever it is, there can be a desire for it. And many people see these types of sickly bodies or toned bodies or whatever else type of body in this before photo 
and they actually think to themselves that they should look like that. And maybe they'll even want to emulate the habits that this person is explaining they were doing then. Or they will think, oh, they looked like that and I don't look like that. So I'm not sick enough to get treatment. And I could honestly share a whole podcast episode just about all of the different ways that before and after photos can psychologically mess with people that have eating disorders. But the main thing to take away is that before and after photos can send a very strong message to someone about their body, their recovery, and what is okay or good enough or right when they are recovering or when they are sick. And especially they can send the message that some people are more sick, quote-unquote, than others and therefore more worthy of getting help. And you may be sitting there thinking, well, how much of an issue is this really? Or how many people are even posting content like this? It can't be that many. And to that, I say you would be shocked because social media has really become a community for people that are currently recovering, fully recovering, or just people that have an eating disorder. And a lot of these communities have a lot of consistent posts and attention that are being sent by them, sent to them. There was a recent study done on the ED recovery community specifically, and it found that there are currently 4.2 million posts tagged with ED recovery, 2.6 million with eating disorder recovery, and 2.2 million with anorexia recovery. When you pair this with the fact that many people with eating disorders don't share with others, socially isolate, and withdraw themselves, it can be a recipe for extreme success or extreme disaster because this content could be their only sense of understanding for what recovery quote-unquote should look like and also what being sick enough looks like and even for what a recovery journey in and of itself is supposed to look like. There was actually a clinical researcher named Erin Parks that specifically says that during eating disorder treatment, she does not recommend that her patients start following eating disorder social media recovery accounts or that they start one themselves because oftentimes there's a big gray area between what is pro-recovery and what is actually just reinforcing ED behaviors and fueling comparison. There was actually a study conducted that examined eating disorder pro-recovery communities on TikTok and it found that there was a lot of homogeneity of the kinds of individuals represented in these communities and that most of the people that were sharing fell under the skinny, white, affluent girl identity or stereotype. And although there are very valid and real experiences of people all coming from that identity, 
it can also be challenging because that is the stereotype of eating disorders and it can unintentionally erase the other identities of people that may be struggling and this happens even in clinical settings even though this population that is mainly found on TikTok of these skinny white affluent women is not actually representative of the percentage of people that have an eating disorder. There's a mismatch there. There was a second study that concluded that underrepresentation was one of the biggest problematic aspects of the pro recovery Instagram. And when the research looked at which recovery hashtags were common, anorexia-related hashtags were by far the most common, despite the fact that both bulimia and binge eating ranked higher in prevalence in comparison to anorexia. Binge eating comprised about 5.5% in comparison to bulimia, which was 2%, and then finally anorexia was at 1.2%. There are more cons that we could discuss with this, but I feel like the current studies we were just discussing bring up a larger point that is really one of the main cons to before and after photos, which is the fact that eating disorders do not have a look, but much of the mainstream media that we consume and the social media we consume tries to make us believe that that is the case. The thing about eating disorders is they include a range of diagnoses that can affect everyone and anyone. In fact, less than 6% of people with eating disorders are actually medically diagnosed as underweight. Larger body size, in fact, is both a risk factor for developing an eating disorder and a common outcome for people who struggle with bulimia and binge eating disorder. In 2018, researchers conducted a study of over 14,000 young adults, and it compared weight statuses classified as underweight or normal weight to those at a weight status classified as overweight or obese. I just want to make note of the fact that I am in complete disagreement with BMI categories. I am only mentioning it within this study because this is what they used for their data. Now, to go back to the study... This overall population that they studied was about half and half, so they had a pretty even sample size on both sides. And what they found is that those at a weight status classified as overweight or obese reported a higher rate of disordered eating behaviors, 29.3 versus 15.8% in those that were in an underweight or normal weight category in females, and 15.4 versus 7.5% in males. Moreover, Black teenagers are 50% more likely than white teenagers to exhibit bulimic behaviors such as binging and purging, and researchers in a second study that studied this also reported a trend towards a higher prevalence of binge eating disorder across ethnic and racial minority groups. However, you would have no idea of this solely based off of what you see on social media. I also think that these studies fail to mention that there can even be bias that is going on within the research around eating disorders. 
I feel like I see a lot of people that are in minority groups that are actually dealing with anorexia as well, but because of the fact that they are so, and by they, I mean that, you know, the DSM-5 classifications are so stuck on weight, they don't diagnose it because it would be considered quote-unquote atypical because they're not underweight. So I struggle with even the research that we have present on this stuff because I don't know if it's really the best representation of even what people are classified under because I even think people that try to cover these type of topics can still hold their own bias and still have a lack of understanding for the ways of which weight can not be taken into account when it comes to anorexia in the same way like we think it should be. Overall, the consequences of weight stigma and bias within the recovery community can literally be deadly. Affluent young cis white women with anorexia nervosa are more likely to get appropriately diagnosed by a medical professional due to lack of training and implicit bias among, among clinicians. They are more likely to have their treatment covered by their insurance due to medical instability requirements for treatment authorization. They are more likely to be able to afford treatment due to economic inequities within the U.S. And people of color with self-acknowledged eating and weight concerns were less likely significantly than white participants to be asked by a doctor about eating disorder symptoms despite similar rates of eating disorder symptoms across ethnic groups. Now, of course, I'm not saying at all that it's a negative thing that this demographic is getting treatment. We want everybody to get treatment. And it's also not that person's fault, inherently, that they are getting these different treatment options, but it is really important because when people don't fit the image that we have stereotyped for eating disorders, it does affect their recovery and the help that they get. And we have to acknowledge the way that before and after photos can perpetuate this stereotype and when people don't see themselves in this trend, whether it be they don't see their race or they don't see their body type or they don't see the habits that they went through ever shown, it really can make them believe that their eating disorder or their disordered eating habits are not serious enough and that they're not worthy of recovery. And that's a really, really sad thing to have to deal with. As I go through this, I feel like it's super important to call myself out and to share a little bit of my experience because I really feel like if I had heard this information, I don't know how many years ago now, six years ago, it would have been really hard for me to hear and I think I would have felt really defensive about it and I just want to validate if you're feeling that right now it's okay. There's something that we can explore about that. I also want to recognize that I feel like this movement that I'm even sharing is newer. I don't think there was as much conversation about the negative effects that could potentially come about from before and after photos. 
before more recently. And not saying that's a bad or a good thing. I just think it's something that we've seen. And it ties into my journey with this stuff. So I still remember the first time that I shared a before and after photo. I was in my dietetic internship and I was really starting to actually open up about my past with an eating disorder. And I posted one of these few photos that I have of me like holding up my shirt when I was in my eating disorder phase. Also, if you hear little clicks going on, it's because my cat is rummaging around in the closet. I have no idea. Stop. He just, he never ends, you know, like I put him outside for, because he wanted to and was crying and now he's back in and he's just effing around up there. But anyways, so I posted this photo of, of me with pulling my shirt up when I was in the, the worst part of my ED, which for me with orthorexia and fitness obsession. So it was really about the toned look versus me in that current recovered stage and like a crop top or something. You know, it was like an exposing picture. So you could see my stomach still and I put them right side by side. And I just talked a little bit about my journey and I shared a YouTube video that went along with that. And for me, it felt so, so huge. I mean, I remember sweating thinking about posting this. I was agonizing over if I should do it. I had already edited and recorded and done this whole YouTube video. And then I thought to myself, no, I shouldn't do this because I can't have people knowing. And it was a huge thing for me. And people in the comments of this post were very supportive. People were supportive about my YouTube video Overall, it was a very positive, reassuring experience for me. From that point on, I didn't often post before and after photos. It wasn't really a huge piece of my Instagram page, but I know I've posted a handful of them. And I definitely did also post them in more of a gut health way, so showing my stomach when it was not bloated versus showing my stomach when it was bloated and the differences between those two things or showing my stomach when I was in one position versus my stomach in another position. And I think this is where it starts to get tricky because what I was talking about earlier stands true here that the nature of a before and after photo, it doesn't just have to be a lapse of time. It can be just something slightly different, like different position, different clothes, whatever it is. And so I feel like there's even more that we could discuss with this, but just know that this was something I engaged with, even if it was in different ways. And I will just let you know that these photos are now archived, so you cannot find them because I've archived them all because I ultimately, as you can imagine, have deemed that these were not helpful things to do. And when I was posting these two, I feel like they were everywhere. I mean, there is this really big era of people posting this type of content. And also, people had really positive responses to this content. And there's a lot of layers to why that is. But I'm just telling you the facts. Like, 
there were positive responses when I posted this stuff. But what I ended up coming to realize is that it was totally exclusionary to so many different types of people. And even though I genuinely did have good intention behind what I was sharing and I got a lot of people telling me how helpful it was for them, I also recognized that most of those people all had the exact same experiences and also many of those same people could have used the way that my body looked in that after photo as a marker of what is acceptable in their journey. And because of the fact that we all have such different bodies, such different experiences, and ultimately different endpoints of our own journeys, that's really, really negative and really harmful. And, you know, we spoke about the pros and I know that some people felt a specific pro to my content was that I wasn't someone that dealt with anorexia. I wasn't someone that looked sick, quote unquote. I was in a body type that was more associated with what we see in the fitness world. And although I can understand and validate the experiences of people that had that pro, and I'm not trying to say, oh my gosh, I can't believe they thought that, what I recognized is that ultimately the pro of that did not outweigh the cons for all of the people that I could be negatively affecting by posting that content. And there really just did not need to be another white woman in a quote-unquote societally acceptable body sharing about her very ultimately quote-unquote normal journey with specific photos to match up to that because of how it can then affect others. And I want to make it really clear that your journey is your own journey. And as I mentioned in the beginning of this, it felt huge for me to post and to be able to open up. And I don't want it to feel like you can't open up or you can't share about what you've been through or that eating disorders or disordered eating habits are easier for certain groups of people than other groups of people. I don't think we should get into this space of trying to do the not sick enough or not healed enough or whatever type of battle because that's totally counterproductive. I just felt like it was important to call myself out as you guys listen to this because some of you that are OGs may be thinking, um, I'm pretty sure she did this before. And also just to share my perspective on why I now choose to interact and share, or I guess not share, before and after photos in the way that I do. And that's the next section that I want to go into is how do you interact with before and after photos? Now, I think the first thing to say here is whether you're posting or seeing before and after photos right now, I think that in an ideal world, 
we could all just ultimately choose whether we actually wanted to see this content, right? It would be great if we could just select a filter like you do when you're searching for houses, you know, and you just put, has to have over two bathrooms. (laughs) If we could just put a filter and just have these things disappear. But really, that's never going to happen. And some may argue that in an ultimate world, we wouldn't have before and after photos being posted at all whether it be about weight loss or it be about body image. And I guess I should say no before and after photos specifically related to the topics I've been discussing that are more body focused or food focused or recovery focused, weight loss focused, etc. And I think people would say that because of the same reasons that I was expressing that the pros, quote unquote, of before and after photos don't outweigh the cons, quote unquote. And I say quote unquote because those cons can be perceived differently per person. But we can't control someone's behavior. All we can do is control our behavior and advocate for why we make a specific choice that we do. So if you're someone that feels triggered as you see before and after photos, or even you see before and after photos and you feel comparative, or they don't make you feel explicitly good, or you follow a creator and you find yourself just even slightly maybe comparing to what their end goal looks like versus what you want your end goal to look like or telling yourself that where you're at right now is wrong or you're not sick enough or whatever it is. It's so important to unfollow people and to mute people if they're someone that you feel like you can't unfollow because maybe they're a friend or something. And also to select that I'm not interested drop down that you can do on reels and posts and on TikTok because it is not worth it to continually subject yourself to things that aren't making you feel your absolute 100% best. And I know that this can be hard when you maybe really enjoy someone's personality or you ultimately feel like someone that you're following is a really kind person or you just like them. But even with that, it's still more important to protect your emotional and mental peace by distancing yourself from that person if they're continually posting photos like that and they're affecting you in that way. On the flip side, if you are someone that's posting these photos, I'm definitely not telling you that you have to stop posting those photos. This podcast is about informing you with information and allowing for you to have the autonomy to make your choice. And I want to emphasize the fact that just because I shared my choice, that does not mean that that has to be your choice. But I do think there's some questions that you can ask yourself when you post them, including what is the intention behind posting them for you? Is it because you're trying to promote a program? Is it because you want to share your journey? Is it because it makes you feel proud of how far you've come? Is it because there's a piece of you that still feels comparative to other people's journeys? Is it something different entirely? And all of those different answers will tell you something very different about 
why you made that choice. The second question you can ask yourself is when you take into account the information that we shared in this podcast, how does that make you feel about posting this content? Whenever we make a decision as humans, I think we are silently or sometimes even subconsciously weighing the pros and cons. And I think that that's something we should do in this area as well. I feel like after you've internalized, or I shouldn't say internalized, but after you've listened to and thought about what I've said in the pros and cons section, it may be worth it to think about how that makes you feel. And for example, if you listen to the potential cons and you think, wow, those really make me feel bad that that could be happening to someone, maybe it doesn't feel as worth it to you if you feel like the pros that were listed were not as strong as you maybe thought they could be. The vice or the flip side of that could also be true. So that's just an example. Another question that you could ask yourself about this that I actually think is really, really important, especially if you're a creator, is how does this make you feel? Honestly, I do not think people discuss enough the pressure of posting this type of content and having people micro or hyper-analyzing how your body looks. I mean that's a lot to deal with. It's not easy to have people looking at your body in and of itself, but especially not if you're posting something that shows these comparisons and you're doing it continually. And then those comparisons can then be something that people compare to each other. And so I think you have to ask yourself how it makes you feel. And it's not only something that comes up in the scenario that I'm just explaining but in multiple scenarios. And this also may be different for different people too. You know, we all have our different experiences. I don't know why I'm saying words so weird. So thank you guys for just sticking with me. But we all have our own different experiences. And just because it works for someone else doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Now, the last thing that I want to speak about that is honestly a really hard thing to ask yourself, and I say that because I went through this, is although there are many people that could be messaging you, sharing that these posts are helpful, how many people do you think could also be silently feeling unworthy or isolated by this content or some other emotion? I know that we don't ever want to think about the ways that we could be negatively affecting someone, especially if we have positive intention. But with that being said, if our main goal, which this isn't everybody's main goal, but I know it was mine. Our main goal is helping people or making others feel better. Is it worth having these people that you could be affecting negatively It's just, it's a hard thing, you know? So that's a question, again, I can't answer any of those questions for you, and I also don't think that there is a right or wrong to those. I think it's something to explore within yourself, and 
If any of you guys want to talk more about what came up for you as you listen to this episode, questions that you have, struggles that you're dealing with, please feel free to reach out. I'm always here and I know that this topic is something that I think I know that this topic can be something that feels kind of upsetting or even just almost confronting depending on where you're at in terms of the before and after photo conversation. But I hope more than anything that it just gave you some different perspectives to take into account no matter what. The last thing that we have to do is rank before and after photos on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm really struggling with this ranking just because of the variety of before and after photos that we can have. And I feel like weight loss before and after photos versus ED recovery before and after photos feel a little bit different. But I'm going to try to just merge those two together. And I'm going to put before and after photos as a 6, maybe a 5.5 to try to account for all the variation. Because I'm sure some of them could be a 10, right? And then others of them could be a 2. But I say that because I think even this desire to really correlate specific ways that our body presents with something underlying, so, you know, your body looking this way means this, is related to diet culture in some ways because diet culture tells us that our physical presentation is more important than anything else. And a before and after photo is totally about that physical presentation, even if there are things that are underneath that, too. Let me know what you think of this. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are interested in a certain topic being covered on the podcast, please feel free to shoot me a request. There is a link in the show notes to be able to do this. And also, I would love if you shared this podcast with someone if you thought it would be helpful to them and or reached out via DM and let me know what you thought or even sharing a rating or review if you feel so called to. We're actually, if you're currently listening to this at the time it comes out, we're so close to 300 reviews on Spotify, which I'm so excited for. So thank you guys. And I'll see you back here next week.